You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter? A guest today, we're going to talk a little bit about the current political situation and some uh, other philosophical issues, perhaps, about what's going on. Uh, as some of you might remember, if you listened last week, I had uh, opened up a little bit about uh, discussing the history of progressivism and its treatment of the black community, and we'll get a little later in the, in the show. But right now, I'm I, looking at what's going on. Uh, and and I, as I pointed out to to my students in a class that we we have a seminar and we're talking about the negotiations and what have you, that there's always a how and a why. And if you look at the first debate, which we're going to look at in a minute with my guest, who I'll introduce you in a minute, the how and the why. Well, the how was easy, interruption, and who initiated the interruption? Well, it was Joe Biden. And the answer then comes to be, why? Why did Joe Biden interrupt Trump initially? And the answer to that question is, I think, is that he was advised to do so to get under Trump's skin. And he got under Trump's skin, and therefore most people would say, and and this is true, of course, that Trump did most of the interrupting after that, that Trump started it. Well, he didn't. Biden started it, and he started it as part of a strategy. So... We look at it, and some of us looked at it and thought the, 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 it was a disaster for Trump. And there's some disagreement with that. My, my um, guest today is, is Mike Lynch, who's the head librarian at John Marshall Law School, and been around a while, just like I have, and is a pretty uh, sharp uh, uh, interpreter of political events. And we've talked over the years. And uh, I will say this, he has... Uh, more optimistic view of the coming election than I do, although uh, I must say that my view is changing again. It's getting a little bit more, not optimistic, but uh, a little more uh, feeling that that Trump could actually win this thing. Okay, Mike, uh, what do you think? I thought the debate was a complete disaster. What's your view? You may have watched more of it than I did, but in the aftermath, the thing I saw was that, yes, it's a it's a, it may have been a disaster for your upper-class uh, country club Republicans, uh, but there was polling of Hispanics that said three to one, I think at least two to one, they thought Trump was, at least they preferred Trump. They, it wasn't whether they think anybody won. And you have to think about the, the working class, the, the uh, black uh, people, particularly the males, seeing Trump uh, behave in that way, even if they didn't notice that Biden, Biden started it. Uh, they didn't find it that offensive. They found it, uh, uh, I don't know I'd say attractive, but uh, but it might be that they found it attractive. Anyway, they, they approved a lot more than your overeducated white Republicans uh, did, who have want, want a lot more uh, uh, good behavior. Robert, <coughs> your guest needs to get closer to, the, to your uh, speaker. Okay, and he'll speak louder also. So where the well, that's an interesting perspective, um, and of course there is some indication that uh, more blue collar types, uh, um, uh, more black males and Hispanic males, whether they're blue collar or middle class or upper middle class, are moving in the direction 
of Trump, uh, maybe to make up for the fact that uh, we seem to be losing a lot of white middle class women from the suburbs. Uh, what's happening? Why is that happening? Why, why, is, why are we still losing or are we still losing women in the suburbs? Well, I bet you're not losing them in the suburbs in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, when, when people are coming out and throwing rocks through the windows of residences, it's, it's, I can't see how that can't uh, uh, make think of people think twice about their vote. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much uh, that's the Biden supporters throwing the rocks. Well, why? Uh, but this feeling uh, that, well, you know, if we elect Biden, this will all stop. He'll bring us all together. And whereas Trump is causing all this problem because he's divisive. That's, of course, what you hear from CNN and you hear that uh, from the left wing pundits. Well, interestingly enough, Kamala Harris is on record as saying that, uh, excuse me, Kamala, uh, as saying that it won't stop and it shouldn't stop. And by that, she means at the time of the election, it shouldn't stop. Uh, They intend to keep this up. Well, I, you know, I think they, they view this as uh, winning. I, I, I kind of look at history, and I look at pre-revolutionary Russia, 1905. And uh, from 1905 uh, on up until the, the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, when the Bolsheviks took over, there was a lot of the same thing happening. Looting, rioting, attacking the uh, uh, law enforcement people and a very lenient response from the czar and his minions despite the the, the mythology that the czar was uh, harsh and this and this harshness was a problem no he was lenient the french revolution is a good example what did, what 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 did the king say in france say he said well you know i can't call out the the guard i can't kill fellow frenchmen really killed a few of them, and he wouldn't have had his head chopped off. Yeah, Napoleon uh, realized that. Uh, although I just saw something about the whiff of grape shot that Napoleon referred to, that the, the riots he was putting down were royalists. I don't know if that's true. It's the first time I ever thought of that, but it was a, a note by somebody that seemed to know what he was talking about, is that he was, he was putting down royalists. Uh, God knows how there could be royalists around in the, you know, after the reign of terror. But apparently there were. Yeah, I don't think the uh, the the Danton and Robespierre got them all. Uh, uh, I mean, it was it was a pretty uh, brutal time, like all left wing uh, utopian revolutions are. Uh, they, they end up killing lots of ordinary people, no matter where where they occur. Uh, people don't understand that that who are the leaders of all these revolutionary movements, including in this country. We have Black Lives Matter and we have Antifa, both of which are. Uh, like the brown shirts in a larger, larger way in, in, in pre-World War II Germany, uh, they took young people, they get young people all excited about a utopian future and everybody being happy and equal, and, 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 and they stir them up and, and, into violence. But, but who's doing the stirring? Who is doing the stirring? There's an a investigative reporter that has started looking into the Antifa, and what he claimed that he noticed that, and, and was corroborated by his uh, uh, investigations, was he noticed that when there were crowds of people were in the streets, he noticed a guy with a mask on who was equipped with, I'm not sure what sort of a tool, but who went and smashed the windows of stores 
and then stepped away. He wasn't involved in going into the stores and looting. He was just getting it started. So, you know, these are the, the provocateurs. The, the, it's easy to get a crowd of dopes out in the street, and then you have a much narrower group that can direct it into probably maybe st- who start the fires, who uh, certainly who break the windows, uh, and then things take care of themselves. Well, and, 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 and who's the leadership? I mean, the answer is if you look at Lenin, uh, he was talking about the vanguard, and the vanguard were, of course, a group of intellectuals, that the intellectuals should run the country. Is that much different than today's progressives? I'm not saying they're violent the way Lenin was and, 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 and the Bolsheviks were, but don't they think the same thing, that the country should be run by intellectuals and not ordinary folks? Well, you say that they're not violent in the way that Lenin was, but I don't think that Lenin ever put himself at risk in a street uh, uh, riot, uh, and they don't either. They said they intend to profit from this. They aren't. They aren't. Uh, you know, your your uh, uh, your full professors aren't out in the violence. That's that's the associate professors, maybe, or or the adjuncts. Those are the ones that may be caught in the streets, and mainly they're not there either. The, the you know it, it can be a very small minority that's really making the violence happen. Well, and, and but but what's the, what's the in it for them? What's the in it for the, an intellectual cadre who's uh, stirring up the violence? I mean, look, the corporations in this country are funding Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter is for the tearing down of the country. They made that plain. Look at their website; they're, they're for upsetting the entire apple cart. Uh, and of course, they always adopt, allegedly anyway, adopt socialist uh, views of, of the economy. Uh, so, wha- so, what's in it for them? What's in it for them to to to, to fund all these violent, all this violence? And, and they have to know it's violence now. I mean, Black Lives Matter is—they don't care about Black Lives; they care about upsetting the country. Well, it doesn't hurt them. It it hurts the middle class, and so it's the elite using the low-end people against the middle class. And it's working really well. Yes, it is working well. And, of course, getting rid of the middle class has always been a goal of the left. They used to call them the petty bourgeois, right? And Lenin railed against the petty bourgeois. Marx railed against the petty bourgeois. And the petty bourgeois includes all those entrepreneurs who innovate, all those entrepreneurs who are, are threats to the established corporate structures because they might actually have a better idea or a better product or a better service, and they may actually cause problems. Well, the weird thing, though, is uh, how do they think this is going to play out in an election year? How can they possibly think that this action in the streets can lead people to vote for the Democrats, who are the ones that are favoring the uh, action in the streets, the mayors and governors that don't take any action, the prosecutors that that, uh, let everyone go. They're all Democrats, and they think this is going to result in an election victory in November? That seems that's beyond imagination. Well, that may be beyond imagination, but every poll says it's so. Well, you get all the national polls that give a, uh, give Biden a pretty good lead, and state by state polls, with one or two exceptions, and uh, I'm talking about swing states. Right now, I think the only swing state that some of the national polls might show uh, Trump ahead in by about a, a point is Michigan. They even show him behind in Florida. Well, let's talk. Let me let me say something about polls. 
I, I saw one of the people I check out on the internet from time to time is Scott Adams, that's the cartoonist that did Dilbert, and he has a he has a Twitter account. I'm not a member of Twitter, but you can go and look at what they have to say. And I check him every now and then. And once I ran into a poll that he was doing of his what do you want to call them readers, and the poll was uh, would you uh, if you were polled by a political pollster. Uh, would you tell them that you, were, if you are, and if you are a Trump voter, would you tell them that you were were uh, a Trump voter? Would you refuse to answer, or would you tell them you were a Biden voter? And I was astonished that maybe half of the people said they would actually tell them that they were a Trump voter, but maybe uh, uh, maybe thirty percent said that they would not answer. And the remainder said they would tell them they were a Biden voter. And I thought, oh, that's what I would do, except that I always hang up on those people when it's, when it's on the phone. I'm not going to stay on the phone long enough to let them, to, to lie to them. And I'm not sure I would lie to them, but it seems like a good thing to do. And according to the Scott Adams poll, a lot of people are doing that. And, and obviously the polls are selecting the, the audience, that, you know, the number of Democrats, the number of Republicans, in order to come up with this, vote, this result that they think will discourage Trump voters, which is not going to work, uh, because it didn't work the last time. And uh, they, no one is taking into account the people that are lying. And I can, I think, guarantee you that not one single Biden voter has said he's going to vote for Trump. But the indications from Scott Adams and, and for how agreeable that thought was to me is that a lot of Trump voters, when they get the call from a stranger, say that they're going to vote for Biden. Well, this is interesting because this the Trafalgar group, which is a pretty accurate polling group, it's uh, according to Nate Silver, it's about point, uh, uh, nine-tenths of a percent biased towards the Republicans, which is, makes it a very accurate poll. They... Uh, were the only poll that picked Trump uh, statewide uh, to to carry Pennsylvania in 2016. I think they also showed Trump ahead in Michigan in 2016, and, and so they had in the state polls they they had a polling that was contrary to the national polling groups. And if you look up the Trafalgar group right now, you'll find that their polling shows the race tighter than the national polls. They, I think if you look at the state-by-state polling and, the, and their national polling and so far as they do that, that, that Biden is still ahead. But then there's a new poll that just recently came out, and I forgot who, who did it. i got to look that up, Democracy Polling Group, and you may look it up. And they uh, clearly have indicated that they believe Trump is ahead nationally and Trump is ahead in most of the swing states. Their, one, of their, their, one of the reports said that Trump is essentially got Florida in the bag. One of the things about polling generally, people, people that are suspicious of the polls are always coming up with one reason or another why the sampling is wrong. I saw one the other day where they said... For the Republicans in their sample, they are oversampling the upper middle class people in the suburbs. And it seemed to me that those would be exactly the people that would be least likely to say they were going to tell a stranger over the phone that they're going to vote for Trump. I, I, would, I would think 
I was surprised in, in this poll by Scott Adams that 50% of the people said they would honestly tell a pollster they were going to vote for Trump. I mean, why would you do that? Tell a stranger? Put your name into a database? Uh, and uh, somebody knows your phone number and that you're a Trump voter? That just seems like no reasonable person would want that to happen. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, they're, they're, if, if that's who they're sampling, uh, they may be getting a lot more deceit than if they were to go and find working class Trump voters. Well, it, yeah, I, I think sampling is an interesting issue because I remember a few years ago when when, Con- when former Congressman Bob Barr, uh, well, actually, uh, there was a redistricting. And so Bob Barr had to choose what district to run in. And uh, there were two districts. One district was uh, had a majority or, or plurality of Democrat registrations, and the other district was solidly Republican. And Bob Barr decided to run in the district that was solidly Republican against an incumbent Republican in the primary. And uh, I said to I said to him that that was wrong, and the reason it was wrong because the district was very country club Republican, and John Linder, who was the then congressman from that district was a country club Republican uh, in style. I mean, voting record was conservative and everything, but in very much in style. Whereas the other district was I was kind of blue collarish, even though they were registered Democrats. A lot of them, they were going to vote Republican. I told Bob Barr that. I said they're not voting Democrat anymore. They're going to vote Republican. They may still vote in the Democratic primary once in a while, but they're going to vote. Republican, and sure enough, that district stayed Republican solidly. And, and uh, unfortunately, Bob Barr lost the primary to John Linder, which which I think is is unfortunate because Barr has a lot of interesting things to say. And of course, when he made it, tried to make a comeback later on after running as a Libertarian for president, he had so offended a lot of Republicans in the district that uh, he lost that primary also. Uh, so, what's going to happen in this coming election? Uh, Let's look at Georgia first. In Georgia, I get e- uh, emails from the Democratic Party that says Georgia, they can flip two seats in Georgia, that Ossoff can beat Purdue, which I don't believe, and, but that Warnock can win the other seat, which I think is possible. Uh, what are you seeing? Uh, and you talk, you talk sometimes to students, although we're teaching virtually, so, so we don't have as much interaction with students as we've had. But what's going on in Georgia? Anything interesting? I think I think you have a lot more feeling in, for Georgia politics than I do. I'm, I'm uh, uh, I, I hardly think about the Senate races, especially uh, other than than uh, Doug Collins, who's our our graduate and a guy we know that doesn't seem to be uh, thriving right now. But other than that, I haven't thought much about that. I, I guess I just take it for granted that that Georgia will elect the Republicans, and I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm hoping that what you're referring to is just another of those polling. Uh, uh, I don't say glitches because I think they're quite deliberate that they they want to discourage the uh, the Republican voters. Well, I'm, uh, my feeling is uh, that the Purdue will will beat Ossoff for that one seat, and then they'll be. The other seat's a jungle primary, so the question is who comes in first, who comes in second. I think it's pretty clear that Warnock will come in first, the Democrat, uh, even though early polling, of course, showed Warnock way down in third position and Max Lieberman in, uh, in, uh, right right with him. But that was mostly on name ID. Once the, uh, the voters, Democratic voters, understood who Ralph Warnock was, the Baptist preacher, uh, 
they uh, they started to, to coalesce behind him. So I think he'll come in first in the jungle primary. The question is who comes in second. And we have uh, so Kelly Loeffler and Doug Collins, and then there'll be a runoff. Believe it or not, there'll be a December runoff for a Senate seat in Georgia. That's what's going to happen. And then, you know, Katie barred the door. Who knows what can happen in that? Uh, if the Senate is up for grabs or it, uh, there'll be millions upon millions of dollars poured into Georgia to elect Warnock by the Democrats and to elect whoever the Republican is, whether it's Kelly Loeffler or Doug Collins. Uh, and it'll be... Uh, it may be another will. demonstration of how little big money really means. With the, the Trump election was certainly a demonstration of that. I know, but the big money now is so much behind the Democrats, and, and they've put so much money behind congressional seats and Senate seats. And, you know, some years ago, there was a study made about who won competitive elections on the federal level, and this was for House seats, primarily not Senate seats. And they said if it was a competitive seat, the winner was the candidate who spent the most money 80% of the time. Uh, and the Democrats have far more money than the Republicans. They raise far more money from the big contributors. People forget there's a, there's a meeting of the 101 billionaires um, and how to defeat Trump. And, and right now, if you take a look at the top billionaires in this country, the ultra-rich, the top 12, top 15, they're virtually all Democrats. And so all that money is being funneled to the Democratic Party, Democratic candidates, so the Republicans are up against it. They're pouring millions upon millions of dollars into the race in South Carolina to def- to, uh, to win that Senate seat. They may be able to relax a little bit there now. Why? You aren't following the, the scandals? No, which scandals? No. I'm, I'm behind the times. Oh, what scandals? God, how could you miss this? Well, the, the Democrat candidate, uh, first it came out that he was having an affair no, you're talking uh, about North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Oh, you're talking about South Carolina. You're yeah. talking about Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham, yeah. yeah. That, but he what, always seems to be in trouble and pull it out at the end. Well, I hope so. What's what's going on in North Carolina? Well, the, the candidate was having an affair. Uh, that was, uh, 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 and, and the husband of his lover was quite upset. And then it turns out that there was another woman he was having an affair with, and I believe she has uh, she's hostile and has uh, uh, promised uh, that there are some uh, nude pictures of the candidate that could possibly be released. So that one is, is uh, pretty much turning into a laugh riot. Well, that would be a laugh riot, uh, and that would be an interesting race because it's one of the races the Democrats are convinced they can win. They can knock off an incumbent Republican. I think they may be thinking differently now. Well, I hope so. <laughs> it would be nice to see Tillis Cun- reelected. Cunningham, I think, is the name yeah, of, Cunningham. of the, yeah. uh, the lover, yeah. lover yeah. boy. Yeah, and Tillis. Well, the Democrats think they were had. We're going to pick up North, North Carolina, Maine. Uh, Maine is even now. Yeah. I just saw some polling that said Maine is even. Well, good. If Maine's even, uh, I'd like to see Susan Collins pull it out because the, what they were using against Susan Collins in Maine was that she ported Kavanaugh. And that was a disgrace, what the Democrats tried to do to Kavanaugh, uh, alleging some something that happened 40 years ago that they had no evidence of. And, and, and just, I mean, if we were held, even if he had done something, if, we, if we're held to a standard of what we did 40 years ago, it would all be, well, me, I'm my age, 50 years ago, we'd only be in trouble. I mean, I look back and say, oh, my goodness, <laughs> people knew about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Democrats were sure they were going to pick up Colorado, Arizona, Maine, 
and they've and new and uh, uh, North Carolina, and of course we pick up Alabama, and so then they had to pick up another seat somewhere else, a couple other seats to, to win the Senate. If they win the Senate, it would be a real disaster. No. The, the guy in Michigan is apparently looking good. Uh, James, James. James, I think. James. James. James, yeah. Against Peters. Yes, that, they, there's a, different polls have different leads. Uh, James has got a lead in one of the polls I've seen, and uh, Peters, the Democrat, the incumbent, has a uh, lead in the other poll. But if you assume that the, Trump, the polls are wildly undercounting Trump, that means the Senate races that are on the, on the nice edge are not really, and that that the Republicans are likely to do well in all the close ones. Well, if we picked up Alabama and we picked up Michigan, there's no way the Democrats would take the Senate. And uh, even if they picked up the seats they think are vulnerable, Dem- Republican seats are, are vulnerable. So that would, be, that would be good news. But let, let, let's get back to this atmosphere that's going on. I mean... Do you sense in any way, shape, or form that, uh, let's say, our student body, for example, that there's some Trump voters hidden in the law school student population? Well, I don't talk to students about their political preferences, <laughs> and but just the few that I do know are Trump supporters. Uh, I, I don't think that's at all... Uh, Anything you can make a judgment for as to the as to the uh, as to the group. I mean, here here we have half of the uh, student body is basically middle class women. Well, that's not a good uh, 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 a, a group likely to have very many Trump supporters. Uh, so that's that's uh, on the other hand, you know, it's not it's not impossible. Oh, I think more than half our student body are middle-class women right now. I think we've got, uh, like a lot of law schools, we now have a slight majority of women. Slight, slight majority. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, but I sense among some of the men, by what they say, not not that I talk who, the, who you're voting for, that there is a certain uh, underlying Trump support, even among black males here, that uh, a lot of black males are reconsidering their allegiance to the Democratic Party. It's about time. Well, the attacks on masculinity are pretty uh, uh, obvious and pervasive. Uh, and if you're a if you're a, if you are masculine, uh, you're under attack. Uh, your your normal ways of behavior, are like mansplaining, the the uh, Pence. If anybody was less uh, aggressive than Pence, and he's attacked for mansplaining things when he's in a debate with Amala and and uh, is trying to, to really not explain things to her but to refute the lies she's telling and now he's attacked for mansplaining uh, which I think means you're not supposed to contradict what a woman says well apparently so apparently that's what he's been attacked for uh, women are all equal except when they're not that's right that's, that's how the left uh, feels we want to be treated equal, except when we don't want to be treated equal. By the way, I, I watched that debate. Um, it was, you know, nothing much happened except for the fact that I did think there was some real issue about how uh, Kamala Harris came across. The smirk, the smugness, the condescension. I think that came through. Let me tell you something. There's something outrageous. And this, I do not uh, support this statement, but I saw it on somebody's Twitter site. And he said that uh, 
women's rhetorical skills evolved to scold children. <laughs> and that is why when women have a speaking role, it comes across as scolding. And certainly applied to Elizabeth Warren, maybe more than Kamala Harris. But, yeah. but, but it's, uh, it's a problem that women candidates have. You don't want to sound like you're scolding. And they tend to naturally fall into that pattern. Well, you know, I, I could see that. Uh, that's a possibility. I see we, uh, we have uh, five. I got six grandchildren, and five of them are, are, are girls. And so we spent a lot of time with them, and I must admit that my daughter and my uh, daughter-in-law both are pretty good about scolding their kids. <laughs> Not that they pay, necessarily pay attention to them, but to, to, to their mothers very much. But uh, that's true. And, and both daddies, my son Josh and my son-in-law, uh, Mike, are pretty laid back. Uh, they, they are, they're, they're a little bit more tolerant of things. And... Uh, and don't tend to involve uh, any scolding. Well, that's what the dogs. You watch them with as the, as the boy uh, grows up. His dad will take a different approach. I'll bet. Well, I don't know. If he becomes a rascal. Well, uh, Jack, uh, which my, I hope he does. Well, yeah. My, my grandson is uh, has his moments. That's for sure. When's our interruption? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it could be right now. Are, are you ready to uh, break? If you are. Yes, go ahead. We must have had 15 minutes. The Collister's Auto Transport we'll be is back after a the break. privately go held ahead. company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at mccollisters.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show. On America's Web Radio, join me live every Tuesday at 1500 for the best in gun news, gun products, and gun politics. Hey folks, this is Victor Armendariz with the On Point with Victor show. You ever find yourself wondering if you're getting the truth or can you find the truth? Well, don't fear. Tune in every Tuesday, 2 to 3, right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show, where I won't sugarcoat a thing. I'm going to tell you how it is. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. I, I can't hear you. We're back. Okay, this is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter. I'm with a, a guest here, uh, Mike Lynch, Professor Michael Lynch, who's the head librarian at John Marshall Law School. And, uh, and he has a distinction, along with me, of being one of the few conservatives in law school teaching. We are really a minority group in virtually, and actually almost every law school, I guess there's a couple that, that maybe not not true of, um, maybe Liberty or uh, 
George Mason, I think, uh, tried to get law and economics people that have, have a certain conservatism about them. Yeah, I think uh, at least that they're economically libertarian at George Mason. I don't know about this, the socially how they are particularly conservative, but Catholic, which was historically had a lot of believing Catholics. Now, if you're a believing Catholic, I doubt you, I doubt you can be hired at Catholic law school in Washington. Um, and Notre Dame has some conservatives, uh, but not a majority, as far as I know. And I always tell the story about even 1980. When I was the head of law deans and professors for Reagan, and my job was to get a conservative law professor or dean from every law school supporting Reagan, and I hadn't had much luck. Um, I, I remember calling up uh, one of the law schools out in the West Coast, and one of the professors there had been my professor at Emory, and we had gotten pretty friendly, and he was very liberal. I used to accuse him of being a knee-jerk liberal. And I called him up. And I said, look, I'm looking for a Reagan supporter out there at the law school out there. This was Golden Gate. And he said, I'm the conservative. I said, what? He said, yes, I'm considered the conservative on the faculty. Everybody's to my left. I said, I, I said professor, you were you know, known as the, one of the most liberal professors at Emory Law School. He said, I, I know, but out here I'm the conservative and I'm not for Reagan. So that was the end of that. But let's talk a little bit about what's going on. I have this uh, email came to me, and I want to uh, read some of it. Well, you better not read some of that. Can you read it? <laughs> no, I can read it, but you want to read that on, on the radio. Well, I, I, I read some of it. It's uh, Democrats claim that Trump is vulgar and not presidential. And now they have a whole list of things that Biden has set on, on, on the campaign trail. Uh, you're full of blank. Uh, you're a dog-faced pony soldier. Don't be a horse's blank. Listen, fat. I'm going to go out and slap you in the face. So, so Biden has said all these things on the campaign trail, and we hear nothing about it from the mainstream media. Nothing about Biden. But that's the least of it with Biden. That's when he loses it, uh, uh, temper-wise. But I look at what happened in the debates. We have the debate, I said in the beginning, Biden starts the interruption to get under Trump's skin. Trump takes the bait, becomes obnoxious in in, in a lot of ways. And when all he had to do was let Biden speak, after two sentences, Biden would have flubbed everything. Don't you think so? I I, I thought Biden did astonishingly well. I didn't think he'd be able to complete sentences. I, I thought he would have to have coaching. He would have to have uh, some microphone buried in his ear or something like that, which I don't think he did, but, but some people think he did. But I thought from the the uh, clips that I've seen of him getting confused and losing track, and other, I didn't think he'd possibly be able to go all the way through the debate and with, without embarrassing moments, without things that would be worth uh, excerpting and sending around on the Internet as... Ha ha! Look what look what he said. But I don't think there were any uh, 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 confused statements that were uh, uh, clipped and and put out for laughs. Well, I think there's a couple of that he almost got into, and, and unfortunately Trump interrupted and saved him. Uh, 
But uh, I think the theory is, and when you have a cognitive decline, which if you don't, if you don't think Biden has cognitive decline, you're just willfully blind. When when you're in cognitive decline, you function much better in the mornings than you do as the late later in the day, especially towards the evening. So if you can change the circadian rhythms, i.e., and and at seven or eight o'clock at night is the is the morning to, for your body because you've you've, you've you know, manipulated the light and dark. And the way you do that is by s- stopping his personal appearances at 10 in the morning and putting them to bed in a darkened room. Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, there are people that are sh- feel sure that that was going on. I'm, I'm not uh, completely uh, uh, believing that. On the other hand, I, I suppose it's what I would do if I were managing him because he, he's got to go out and appear at night. And how are you going to do and make him reliable? It isn't that he's sure to screw up at night. It's just you can best count on him in the morning. Yes, of course. And, and you know, for, for Biden, I mean, look, I mean, Obama had nothing but contempt for Obama, when uh, contempt for Biden when he was the vice president. And those in the White House will, will tell you those stories about uh, uh, Obama not thinking very much of uh, Biden's judgment or intelligence. But then again, when he was a senator, I mean, this doesn't come out. I don't know what's wrong with the media. Yeah, I do. But the answer is, when Biden was a senator, U.S. senator, they used to write articles about Biden in Delaware. I was in Delaware at the time. That when he started to speak on the Senate floor, his colleagues walked out. They couldn't take it. And he was a running joke in the Senate for lack of intelligence, lack of insight. And in in Delaware, look, he was a joke. People used to say, well, we know Joe, he hasn't, not very smart, you know, he's a half inch deep and three miles wide, but he's such a good guy. He was at my, you know, my parents' wedding, 50th wedding anniversary. So everybody in Delaware thought they knew Joe, because he showed up. You have to wonder what is going on with the, the people that are supporting him, uh, given how, how pathetic he appears. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's sort of sad, uh, but the the interesting thing, given how sad he, he is, is that he's the best candidate. You look through their other possible candidates, he turns out to be the best candidate they had. Uh, maybe Tulsi Gabbard, but nobody wanted her in the, in the Democratic side. Right. And uh, Kamala Harris, is she second best? I don't I don't know that she was, but what, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders? You think of any of them as a candidate. Biden is the best with his cognitive decline. He's still the best candidate they have. I think that's true. The, the best credible candidate for a Democratic base, anyway, because you're right. Tulsa Gabbard uh, was certainly uh, uh, would have been a better candidate, but uh, and from from the point of view of I think most people. But you're right. I mean, if you look at the competition, and you say, well, who are you going to put? You put Bernie Sanders up. Well, she's Kelsey is a, she's a leftist, but she's likable. It's it's uh, you know I'm I'm no uh, judge. I didn't see that much of her, but I saw her in these debates and occasionally on some news show, and she's likable. Well, there's another problem with her though, there's, uh, and, that, and the big problem with her is that she believes in defending the country. She's strong on defense. She's made that plain, and that's a no-no. Uh, 
you know, the Democrats want to get money to, to, to bribe various constituent groups, and they like to take it away from the defense spending. That's been, Jimmy Carter did that, Barack Obama did that, you know, remove the, the and, and Clinton to an extent did that, and remove the spending from, from defense to, uh, uh, to constituent bribe, bribery uh, programs. And uh, so that was one of the problems there. <coughs> but I find it difficult to believe that anyone or, or, or will really vote for Biden. This seems to me election Trump against Trump. Either vote for Trump or against Trump. I don't see people voting for Biden. Well, it's hard to vote for Kamala Harris either. It's because nobody likes her. It's, it's, it was clear in the primaries. She's not likable. Tulsi well, Gabbard is likable. She's not likable. Well, but they're keeping Kamala Harris under wraps, mostly. Well, and they're keeping Joe Biden under wraps. Right. So it's, it's all uh, hoping that people will hate Trump. Well, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, it, uh, this is a Trump against Trump. You're for Trump or you're against Trump. And the question is, what, what are the majority going to do? Uh, you know, I been fairly pessimistic about this election for a while with little bursts of uh, some optimism now Not and then. <laughs> no, no, you've been optimistic all along. And I'm uh, starting to get a little more optimistic. I I don't know what's going on, but I have uh, a nose for politics, as my friends used to say, and I get calls all the time. Uh, what are your predictions? What are you saying? And uh, I remember 2016 very distinctly. I kept telling my class here, they kept asking me, uh, and I said, I said, I have a hunch that Trump's going to win, although intellectually, of course, Hillary's going to win. I mean, that, that makes all the sense in the world. But I have a, a hunch it's going to be Trump. And uh, I even told them the night of the election what to look for. And, and they, I said, you can tell very early if Trump's going to win. And I told by 11 o'clock I knew Trump was going to win. Uh, although no one called until 2 or 3 in the morning. Uh, but the... Uh, so the question was, what's your hunch now? Well, I haven't had one. Uh, I'm going to make a hunch uh, right now. Trump's going to win. Well, my hunch is my hunch is beyond that. My hunch is the landslide. Yeah, well, that would be wonderful because if he has a landslide, we'll not only keep the Senate; we may pick up a couple of seats. I mean, if we pick up Michigan and, and Alabama and can hold Arizona, let's say. I, I don't know if we can hold Colorado, even though there's a scandal out there, too. But there's a, it's a minor scandal. Uh, have to do with some funds that Hickenlooper used or didn't claim he used or used incorrectly. Um, but let's assume, of course, Cory Gardner, who's a very good campaigner, and maybe he can hold on to the Senate seat. But I doubt it. I mean, Colorado's a, a state that the billionaires have, have, have bought. They, some years ago, they decided to buy Colorado. And they pumped millions of dollars into the Democratic Party in Colorado and essentially shifted Colorado from a Republican state to a purple state to a leaning Democrat state. In fact, it's a Democrat state now. And, uh, and money did that. And now they've pumped a lot of money to Arizona. So we've got to see. I mean, the, 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 the race that defeated Arpaio, Maricopa County, Sheriff Arpaio, uh, the George Soros through various indirect sources, pumped $2 million into a race for the sheriff, a sheriff's race. And you put $2 million to a sheriff's race, and, of course, our, our pile lost. 
Well, the more the, con- the conspiratorial types on the on the internet, uh, the people that follow the Q revelations, uh, and I look at one of their sites now and then, and they are pretty sure that some things will break in the last uh, few weeks. The, the October surprise, because we always we expect an October surprise to be embarrassing the Republicans, like George Bush's uh, drunk driving conviction. And, uh, but these people are convinced that there's uh, ugly stuff out there that could break before the election. And, you know, that may be. There's a, there's a, a lot of uh, suspicions. You know, what, what, does, uh, what revelations from Jeffrey Epstein's files could be about, uh, could, someone could know about? What about the Wiener computer that uh, is su- supposedly in government hands? Who knows what could break? It it it, uh, it does seem that if Trump allies have anything really good, they certainly haven't used it yet. Well, I, and, but of course, if they used it, do will the mainstream media publicize anything? I mean, there's credible uh, claims that uh, that uh, Biden uh, inappropriate sexual advances. No, that's not pub- That's not private. That's. Uh, but, at least, uh, but at least, but at least, these two. But, but it's there's no publicity. I mean, look. Well, the money from Ukraine is the, the uh, uh, to, to at least to his son. Uh, that's I, I I think that and the money from the Russian millionaire uh, uh, or billionaire woman. Uh, I don't think there's that, that that's even challenged. It just is doesn't seem to be a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal because the press makes it not a big deal. It doesn't become a big deal till it gets constant publicity. Kavan- the baseless charges against Kavanaugh about something that may have that allegedly happened 40 years ago, which of no evidence, became a very big deal because the media played on it every single day. So unless the media says it's a big deal, it kind of fades. I mean, getting three and a half million dollars, which is true. I mean, the answer it's true. She, when 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 Kamala Harris said that didn't happen, she lied. It did happen. And and this uh, billion and a half dollars from from China to Hunter Biden, it did happen. They set it up as a you know investment fund uh, with Hunter Biden. The you know. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, his 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 take was not the billion dollars. It was no. the the commission that the uh, right. the salary he could pay himself as the manager, uh, but a very nice payoff. Well, we used to call one of the uh, nicknames for Biden when he was a senator from Delaware was the senator from Wilmington Trust. The Wilmington Trust is the dominant bank in Delaware, and it was whatever Wilmington Trust wanted. Uh, Biden would do, and of course, particularly. What about a, what about credit card debt? What did he do to protect the holders of the credit card debt? You know that. That's right. Something about that. Uh, yes. Uh, well, he that was part of the bankruptcy code. Yeah, the uh, bankruptcy amendments. Yeah, some amendments. Which, by the way, uh, uh, <clears throat> that was opposed by uh, Pocahontas. There, Elizabeth Warren. She uh, she took a different view of some of those reforms because the reforms were very very pro bank and pro credit card company reforms, but she thought uh, she, was, went, she went is good at protecting debtors. She, oh yeah, no, no, I, you know Elizabeth Warren is an ex, a known expert in consumer bankruptcy. Now her ma- most famous article is a bunch of bull. It's been torn. Part of her most famous article was uh, consumer bankruptcies are, were driven by medical bills, 
and that's not true. Uh, not only is it not true, but the data that she based it on has been either hidden or discarded because it's, it's people have sought for it and it can't be uh, can't be found. can't be released. Yeah. So, but but other than that, I mean, I used to I tell my students that you know she got a nice job there at Harvard and she got consulting fees and her consulting fees were about a thousand dollars an hour, and it was a and she got what three hundred grand plus from Harvard being a professor and how many hours did she teach per per per, per week? Well, one semester is three hours, and the other semester is six hours. I mean, if that isn't uh, uh, an interesting gig when you have the whole summer's off to boot, as I tell uh, friends of mine who say, when are you going to retire? I said, well, I am retired. And they said, I thought you were a professor. I said, I am a professor, the same as being retired. Uh, not exactly, but, uh, and in fact, uh, some of us do do quite a bit of work, but it's a... Uh, well, the work that you, the work that you do, if you're a, if you're lucky as a professor, the work that you do is thinking about things that you're interested in and writing up what you've thought. You know, well, that's that you can do that and be retired too. You know, it's 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 like doing what you want. Yes, and the only thing is, of course, the on top of that, you've got to show up for classes. No, that's not the only thing because that's pleasant too, and you have a nice group right. of young people. The thing that is unpleasant is. For every class, at least once a term, you have to grade exams. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about exams is that every exam you read, everything that's wrong with it reflects on you as a teacher. So it's right. a little depressing. That's true. But if you didn't have to, if you didn't have to grade the exams, it would be a constant vacation. That's really true. Uh, that is exactly true. Uh, and you always get uh, <laughs> a little distraught when you read a lot of the exams, but every so often you get really a good one. And I've 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 had some good ones over the years when I was teaching at Widener Law School and and here at John Marshall. And I, I will tell you one thing, and uh, and I think we see this in in the political uh, 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 views. Students are getting better. <clears throat> And students are, and now these students are getting better. The younger students are becoming, are turning more uh, towards conservatives and Republicans than the millennials. So there is a slight movement towards uh, the Republican Party among the the, the youngest voters. The majority is still Democrat, as you would expect, because young voters are, are easy, youngsters are easy to sucker with these utopian schemes. So, and Democrats are experts on utopian schemes which is something I want to talk about uh, in the next few weeks, about progressivism as a religion. And I think that we can all look at look at what's going on and say that progressivism is a religion. It substitutes for the, the formerly U.S. religion, which was kind of a Protestantism general sort of sense. I just saw someone passing on a tweet from someone else talking about loving to go to the protests because it was like church. If I can find that, I'll... I'll yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, the, the, it's, it, the utopian... It, it, this, this, you, look, there's a sacrament. For progressives, the sacrament is infanticide because they call it abortion and right up to the time of birth, but it's infanticide. Period and, and, and slightly after the time of birth. Oh yes, and 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 primitive religions, many primitive religions had infanticide. You know, uh, sacrifice of the firstborn. It uh, was uh, Jacob and Isaac who said no more human 
sacrifice. So, so the early Jewish patriarch said, no more. But uh, so they're back to that. And magic. They believe in magic. We all know they believe in magic, right? Boys can say they're girls. Girls can say they're boys. That's their magic. It's ma- and you, and they have, you have to believe that. You believe in magic. And then there are articles of faith. I think there are some of them that are more uh, uh, that go beyond that into a, an actual belief in magic and, and uh, uh, you know invocations of evil spirits and that sort of thing. Well, uh, I, I know, but there's some some. Uh, I don't think you find that on the right, but I think you do find it on the left. Well, you may find that some. There are simpletons everywhere. Well, I know, but there's also some feeling on on some religious religious people that there are demons or are evil spirits in in the world, and that might be right. I'm going to have a guest on this show, in fact, uh, in, within the next couple of weeks, who is who is convinced about uh, that part of this UFO stuff is all about uh, demons. Ah, good, because they take you up in your ships and do bad things to you. Well, apparently so. So he's going to explain it. And, and the interesting thing about this guy is that he actually uh, so has associated with some of the leading experts and, and in terms of people who work for the government who uh, who are uh, believe that we, there are UFOs there. So he has talked to them. He's appeared on a podcast with them, and he happens to be a friend of mine, so he's agreed to appear on our show and give him give us his theories. So it should be interesting uh, on that respect. But, but getting back to where we are in progressivism, and, and they have... Magic, and, and they have articles of faith. One article of faith is that police go around killing black young men because they want to, which is crazy. That there is not a, a, a genocidal attack on young black men by police. It's well, the last one in, in Wisconsin was a black policeman, but they, they're paying yeah. no attention to that. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can see that they can say, well, it doesn't matter. He's taken on the police ethos, and so he's just a killer of young black men. Yeah, uh, well, you know, look. Uh, are there overreaction in some cases? Yes. Are there overreaction with uh, killing of unarmed whites? Yes. Unarmed blacks? Yes. Are, are they predominantly unarmed blacks? No. And if you take a look at an algorithm, who are the police more justified to fearing, unarmed whites or blacks? I mean, what, 70%? of violent crimes are committed by blacks, mostly against other blacks. I, I think it, it, may, it may be less than that. I, I think it's over 50%. It's over 50%. I, I don't think it gets that high. Uh, that's that's where um, Heather McDonald is the person, I think, that you, you go to for well-organized data on that. And, and uh, of course, they hate her. Uh, she can't speak at colleges without starting a riot. Well, um, she, she speaks the facts. Facts don't count. No, that's the, her facts are, are not the truth. They're truth. Uh, yeah, I have all those numbers, those percentages, and you gotta remember that uh, black males are six percent of the population. And well, and, and you can make it smaller than that because I think it's kind of black males between fourteen and, and thirty five. Uh, that's even a much smaller population, and that's that's where they're where trouble lies. And and. Uh, yep. Uh, males generally are disorderly and apt to be violent, and, and uh, uh, you know the, the white males in that uh, age range are trouble too. They're the the most trouble you're going to get from the whites. But they have, yeah, and, and that's true, and, and increasingly trouble from whites in that age range, because increasingly the same problems that uh, have hit the black community are hitting the white community. Family structure gone, no daddies in the home, right? The church no longer has much influence. 
right? And now the police are open season on police, no longer fear or, or of the police. So with with the with those three three elements that control violence, the family, the church, and 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 constituted authority, all are under attack. Well, and and under attack first and foremost in the black community. We're going to get a lot more violence. I mean, young men are, you know, what what did one philosopher say, one French philosopher, that uh, men invented civilization to impress women? Well, that's not going much, much, much anymore. So we we have well, getting back to the main topic, will. Will Trump win? You think so? I, I'm thinking so now. You think it'll be a, a big victory? I hope that's true. There is a new poll out that shows Trump's going to win. It's a, a very detailed poll by a group, uh, Democracy. Uh, I've got to uh, look up to the, the name of that group so I can respond to, to, to visitor calls or to phone calls. But they indicate that uh, Trump is ahead in um, a good many of the swing states. And particularly in Florida, where they they claim Trump is is way ahead in Florida. Well, let's hope. Cause yeah. No telling how many uh, votes this uh, the, the mail-in is going to allow them to steal. Oh yeah, a uh, lot. And uh, let me get this going here. Uh, we have another interesting thing I've got here, which uh, the various charges against Trump and you can bet if the Democrats are saying Trump did it, it's them who did it. Charge one, Trump colluded with Russia. No, that was Hillary Clinton. And that's very clear with the stuff that's coming out now. Trump kept kids in cages. No, that was during the Obama administration. Those pictures of of kids behind chain link fences and blamed it on Trump were actually pictures taken during the Obama administration. But, of course, uh, people don't know that. Trump obstructed an, uh, an ongoing investigation. No, uh, that was Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi who did that. Um, and then we have Trump had a quid pro quo in the Ukraine. No, that was Joe Biden. <coughs> and you'd wonder why the, 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 the press would not follow up on that except they're in the bag for the Democrats. And it's a, really a puzzle. But I think this has to do with the fact that they consider themselves intellectuals, and intellectuals always support the destruction of the current society because they're going to build a better one if only people would listen to them. Well, the thing that's going on right now, I just popped in my mind when you were had used uh, icons up there, is that we have this supposed plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, which was probably started off by the FBI uh, uh, to manipulate the idiots they were uh, were, uh, observing. But the main character in it, there's actually a picture of him in his home, uh, and behind him there's an anarchist flag 
with that circle with the letter A in it, you know? Yeah. And he's Black an, and white. He's an anarchist. They yeah. speak of it as a militia, but they're going to they're gonna put it off as white supremacists uh, or as or as some somehow Republicans. And he's an probably is connected to Antifa in one way or another, because most anarchists are. Right. A- anar- anarchy and anarchists are, are extreme left-wingers. Absolutely. I forget what his name is, but I know it's, <coughs> they use the word militia because from everybody, militia, and for me too, yeah. militia triggers this idea of extreme right-wing okay, survivalists. Time to end the show. But this guy is, uh, whatever else he is, he's an anarchist. And he's, uh, he's, he has publicly attacked Trump as a tyrant. So, But he'll be presented as a, uh, a sign of the right wing. Well, of course. I mean, what else would they do if, uh, to anything that, uh, that they can come up with to beat Trump? I, and I'm getting to feel that you're right, that, that Trump is going to be able to beat them. Now, obviously... There'll be riots. If Trump wins, there'll be immediate You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.